Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Confident Coach Club, where we help new and aspiring coaches start and grow their business. We talk about finding your niche, packaging your services, creating content that your audience loves, and finding your first couple of clients. It's kind of like the business school for coaches. I'm your host, Liz Huber. Welcome to the show and enjoy today's episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Confident Coach Club podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with us, Jordan Gross. He is a Cloud9 coach, and you will learn what that means in the interview today. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited to talk about his journey to becoming a coach, how he acquires client, his upcoming book launch, and much, much more. Welcome, Jordan. Hey, Liz. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pumped to be on the uh, the podcast today, and obviously we're friends, so this is going to feel a lot like a conversation for the listeners, but um, we're going to try to pack in as much about both of our coaching practices, what Cloud9 coaching is, how I go about acquiring clients, um, and anything else that we find valuable and useful. So I'm really excited for it, and uh, I hope you guys are too. Awesome. So let's dive right in. I always ask my guests to introduce themselves as if they Mm -hmm. were at a networking event. This is very important for our audience because they're just coaches who are starting out and they're always wondering, you know, like, how do I even tell people what I do? So imagine you're at an event, someone asks you, what do you do? Yeah. So I'm trying to inspire people to confront their past and redefine their future. Um, in a way that is creative and based on the majority storytelling. And uh, my, main, my main outlets for doing so is obviously coaching, it is writing, and it is speaking. And by speaking, I mean up on stage, and then I also do a ton of podcasts. So that's, uh, that's it in a nutshell right there. Awesome. Quick and easy. Yeah, just I'd say the main highlights there for that elevator pitch would be one, to not just say what you do right away. I think so many times at a networking event, we just want to say, oh, I'm a consultant. Oh, I'm an investment banker. Oh, I'm a writer, right? But because I start with, I'm trying to inspire people to confront the past and redefine the future, that gets people's eyes lighting up a little bit. And then after that, I can go back to what 99% of the world does and says, I do that through coaching and writing and speaking. So that shows like my title, I guess. That makes so, so much sense yeah. because uh-huh. it, it then also triggers a question because then there are people like, how do you do that? Or what does it mean? Or, right. you know, right. Yeah. So how did you get into coaching? Yeah. So there's a really long winded answer, but we don't have too much time. So I won't go that far back. The shorter answer is that I quit the corporate world in November, 2017. And upon quitting, I didn't have a plan at all. I just had a bunch of paragraphs in a Word document. And it was almost 100 pages. And I decided to turn that Word document into my first book. And it was called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness. And it was about morning routines that promoted positivity and optimism and overcoming stress and anxiety. And I self-published that book. And I started writing articles and I I just started doing so much research as to how you get a book out there. And 
the more I got the book out there and it did sort of well, um, the more people were wanting to get in touch because for me, I did this to add value to other people. And I put my phone number in the book. I think I put my email address everywhere, like probably not good for safety or privacy concerns, but I was out there and I would get messages here and there that said, Hey, I want to have a a morning routine and I want to learn how to be more productive when the alarm clock goes off. So I started coaching people for free without realizing that I was even coaching them. And I would get on the phone and I would, you know, comfy is an acronym, stands for calm, openness, movement, funny, and you. And I would talk to them about what makes them calm and experiences that they've had in their past. And I talked to them about how they like to open up. Do they like to journal or would they consider reaching out to a friend or a family member? And we talk about movement and I'm a personal trainer. So I was good at, you know, telling them how to exercise and whatnot. And then F stands for funny. So I just gave recommendations on funny videos. That was always, you know, easy. And then finally, U stands for you or your choice. So we're figuring out what that one thing could be that they could do every morning um, that they wanted to do as opposed to had to do. That's the whole point of the morning routine is to do something you want rather than have to do. So yeah, and then, you know, a couple months into that, I was like, I can start creating a business around this. I have enough people and I'm taking enough time in doing this. And sure, I want to give everything away for free and add value to other people's lives, but they're has to be some sort of sustainability for me. So that's what I did. And then I wanted to get a little bit more strategic, almost a year in, it was about nine months in, I said, okay, what's, what do I want my niche to be? What kind of people do I want to work with? And I'm a startup founder myself. I also went to business school. I was in the corporate world. So I said, I want to work with emerging leaders, people just like myself, um, who are ambitious and driven and doing really cool things. So I got my certification in Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Centered Coaching, which is an executive leadership certification program um, that allowed me to help develop leaders and create change in their lives. And what I was doing was creating change for them by focusing on their mornings. And what I learned little by little was that they enjoyed the work that we were doing together, but I couldn't really charge that much or I wasn't able to get them to even agree to pay anything because startup founders just had so many other things on their minds. So I ended up switching niches and I I had this whole other idea for a new book and this is how Cloud9 came to be. And I started writing that new book and I did the same kind of thing. Once the book came to be, I developed a coaching program that I've been doing for the last year now um, where I'm really trying to create people's purpose statements. I'm trying to create their life's mission or their core value for them by using storytelling, uncovering things from their past, and ultimately getting them to change in the future. And the reason it's called Cloud9 is because it's the journey to Cloud9. Cloud9 is this feeling of fulfillment and contentment. And um, we go through a not basically a nine step process of nine different personal development areas where we uncover stories, talk about those stories, and then finally make one change. And I believe that just changing one thing is the domino effect for everything else. So that's the goal at the end of the coaching engagement. It's like, where do we want to change? Is it in camaraderie? Is it in responsibility? Is it in empathy? Um, and what's the one change that we want to make? And that's everything. Yeah. We could dive more into the specifics 
but all of the coaching. Thanks yeah, so much for coaching. sharing. Yeah, uh -huh. I, I'm gonna come back to to your current niche of the cloud nine. Yeah. In 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 a bit, but I'd love sure. to talk a little bit more about the pivot that you did because I yeah. I went through like a similar experience that I was heavily yeah. because I came from the startup world and I always loved to work with entrepreneurs and. I worked with like startup founders as well, but I yeah. experienced something similar in the way that yeah. their biggest problem, especially if they're just starting out, is always just <laughs> raising money, and right. just, or like maybe they they need the money for, you know, like hiring their first employee. So like coaching right. really is not a priority. Right. So it's really difficult to to break into that niche. Mm -hmm. When did you know how to like what triggered the pivot, and when did you know it's time to switch? Yeah, so my process is always based on a lot of gathering of information first and foremost. So I was fortunate in that I wasn't out there trying to pitch these entrepreneurs all the time um, and getting rejected and rejected and maybe losing steam or anything like that. But rather, I did about thirty discovery calls where I just wanted to get entrepreneurs, you know, people who were in my target demographic on the phone for 30 minutes, ask them a series of questions about the Marshall Goldsmith stakeholder centered coaching and how I can help them with their morning routines. Um, and then at the end, I asked them how much that they would pay for something like this. And the majority of them said that because they didn't have the money, they wouldn't pay anything. So it was in that research that I learned before I even spent time and effort going out there and trying to find these entrepreneurs that I understood more of where I had to go with the people that I was going to serve. That makes so much sense. I think yeah. it's also in the startup world, like, because it's so flooded with, you know, accelerator programs and right. investors who are like mentoring as well, that people are right. like founders are more used to receiving advice for yeah, free, if that right. makes sense. So they're not it's like, true. and yeah. they yeah. And even myself, when I was a founder, I, I, it sounds sad, but I wouldn't have paid for a coach when I was 21 and running an organization because I had all the advice that I thought I needed online and with mentors, but it's not like that. It's that your coach is going to be a very specific part of your life who's trained really in coaching to advance you in a certain thing that you're working on. Mentors are, are more general advice. Mm. The coach is going to be a lot more specific as to, you know, productivity coaching that Liz does or cloud nine coaching, getting your clarity around purpose that I do. All right. So how do you tell me a little bit more about the cloud nine coaching program? Like how do you, mm -hmm. um, how is it structured? Like, is it a, how many yeah. weeks is it? How do you work with clients? How do you structure your sessions? What's yeah, needed? So it's not, it's not based on time. It's actually going to be up to you. So it's going to be 30, minute, 30 to 45 minute calls. And the way that cloud nine is set up is that there are different clouds, cloud one all the way to cloud nine. And each cloud has a different theme. So um, for example, the first theme is playfulness, right? We need moments in our lives that demonstrate our ability to play and reveal our inner child. So what we'll do is we'll talk about times where playfulness has been beneficial to your life. We'll talk about times where maybe you wish you could have played more. We'll talk about why you don't play right now. We'll talk about when you do play right now, how that makes you feel. And uh, just like the ultimate tagline, which is, you know, confronting the past to redefine the future, we're going to give you basically a score of your playfulness up until now. 
And then the goal is going to be to enhance that score with activities and different routines moving forward. Um, so that's like one call. And then we do nine of those, right? There's different, different themes that we work on. And then, like I said in the beginning, the ultimate goal is to have that final call where we discuss what exactly the one change is going to be in your life overall that's going to lead to all the other changes, right? So that could be um, reconnecting with an old friend. That could be just getting into the gym every single day. That could be um, mending your relationship with a son or daughter. Um, so many different things can, can pop up and arise. Okay. And how mm -hmm. do you get, how do you get coaching clients for, for your programs? Yeah. So this one is, is pretty important to me because there are two, two avenues, right? And I've, I do both avenues for different things and I have done both avenues and avenue one is not what I'm doing currently for coaching clients, but it's what I'm doing to sell, sell books. And I believe in things that I can control, right? So I, I am not going to be a proponent and sit here and try to educate you all who are listening about Google ads and Instagram ads and Facebook ads and targeting your coaching clients. That's just never how my brain has worked. I need to be able to physically wrap my hands around my process. So with the book, for example, I just told Liz, I'm reaching out to 100 people a day, 100 conversations, right? And I am in control of those conversations by crafting this personal message and being intentional about adding value to them and not being too pushy and not, you know, not being salesy at all, asking them how they're doing, seeing if I can help at all, um, and then ultimately driving that conversation toward, hey, let's get you a book so you can live your own cloud nine life. That's one avenue where you can just be very goal oriented, right? And for me, you know, I have a big goal at the light at the end of the tunnel, like sell 25,000 books, but my micro goals are so much more important. So that's what I mean by like, I reach out to a hundred people a day. And I know that if I reach out to a hundred people a day for 12 months straight, I have the best possible opportunity of selling 25,000 books, right? So I love that approach so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So my, my goal setting strategy is, is who does Jordan need to become in order to reach the goal, right? What does that person look like? That's one avenue. Um, the other avenue is what I've been doing, what I've been fortunate enough to have happened to me with my coaching clients. And I also want, uh, want to share a quick caveat I only work with two to three people at a time because this year in particular, I'm mainly focused on the book. So just saying, you know, I am content with the amount of clients that I have. Maybe if I wanted more, I would go to option number one that I just shared with reaching out to people. Um, but anyway, what I do now and how I've gotten the past couple of clients is strictly through content. And my main place for content is sharing things about myself, sharing things about other people, sharing ideas, sharing strategies, all on LinkedIn in the form of posts every single day, Monday through Friday, got a different post that I share every single day. So what's happened over the last year that I've been sharing content is that I've been able to grow and create a really nice network of people who are pretty routinely responding to what I have to say. And because I've been truly authentic, because I've been creating content that is just 
a representation of what I believe, I haven't had to go out and find clients, but rather people have reached out to me saying, I love your content so much, I need to work with you. And that's what has led to the client acquisition, um, which I'm so grateful for. The other thing I'll say is that if that doesn't happen for you, then that's where you start. This is why content's so important because you go to your content and you see people who have liked and commented on it. And those are the first people you reach out to. And I always say something like, Hey, what I thank you so much for liking that comment about my post the other day, liking that post the other day. What did you like most about it? Oh, what do you like about my content overall? Oh, why do you like that about my content overall? So you come in with these very general open-ended questions, trying to get feedback, right? And what you're doing there is you're putting yourself in position of learner. You're giving somebody else the opportunity to teach, mm. which is really nice for them. And then after that, you sort of guide the conversation in the right direction and you ask them questions about them and you ask them what kind of challenges they're facing in their life. And it's like you're doing a mini coaching session all on LinkedIn and then it leads to hopefully a phone call. And then that phone call is your opportunity to pitch your coaching business. So I just said a lot there and we can dive into any part of that, you know, the LinkedIn content itself, how you grow on LinkedIn, um, whatever you think is most beneficial, Liz. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing. I think this is two yeah. amazing strategies. Just um, wanted to say a couple of words about the first one. Like there, um, I love how you, I know that you're really disciplined and you know, you're setting yourself these goals. You're reaching out to hundred people a day. I know you've done a similar thing with the podcast this year. Yeah. Would you mind talking um, about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, there's a pattern in the way that I do things. I set these big lofty audacious goals and I don't always hit them. Um, this year I've, I've done a really good job at it. Um, maybe that's hopefully a sign moving forward. But what I do is I, I sort of, Sometimes it's arbitrary. The 90 podcast came from the fact that I was doing cloud nine and I was reading the 10 X rule by Grant Cardone at the time. So I said, Oh, what's 10 times nine 90. And I said, I'm going to do 90 podcasts in how long? Oh, I'll do one a day, 90 days. So that was my goal. And I had that idea in March and I took a month to plan. So my month of planning was a lot of outreach and setting up the podcast interviews between um, May and the end of July or between April April, May, no, between May and July, May, June, July. And um, what I did was just like the reaching out to a hundred people a day, I made sure that I was talking to, I think it was 10 podcast hosts a day in the month, in the month of March alone. Um, so that before I even started in the month of April alone, so that before I even started my interviews in May, I had talked to all these people who I could have been on their show. And I kept doing 10 a day until I booked the 90th show in the middle of July sometime. And then what actually happened was, you know, one canceled or one didn't work. So I had to go back and reach out to my network and have people introduce me to others and then ultimately get the last interview on July 30th, um, the day before it was done. But um, yeah, the overall message here is that when you set a goal, right, with your coaching, it's never enough to just say, I, I want five clients and I'm going to do everything that I can to get five clients. You have to break it down piece by piece by piece. So if you want five clients, work backwards. That means that you had to have pitched 15 people that day. 
And if you had to have pitched 15 people, then maybe you had to have had 25 intro calls with these people and 15 of them answered, right? So you've got 15 pitches, 25 intro calls, and then you've got outreach messages, right? How many outreach messages get you the 25 intro calls? Maybe it's 100. So you got to do 100 outreach messages. And then what do you have to do before that? You have to do prospecting. So who are you going to reach out to? Your target market is um, people in the finance industry who live in Mexico, right? So you go into LinkedIn and you filter by Mexico and finance and you go in there and you prospect 150 people and you connect with them and you send a nice message asking them to connect and then, you know, it all, it all starts there. So it's, uh, it's really about those step by step by step process. That's what's been most effective for me. It, it really is. And I think most new coaches really forget about the very first step, right? They only think about how can I get five clients, right. but they're not, some people don't think about how to, you know, how do many people do I actually need to reach out to and other people just really don't put in the work. So I right. love that you're such a great example of saying, you know, I'm actually sitting there every single day. I'm reaching out to yeah. just hundred people or just 10 podcast hosts or whatever right. your project is at the time. Right. Because mm -hmm. you can use the strategy for anything. Yeah. And it's really about, because if you don't have conversations, how are you going to have coaching clients? Right. Exactly. And the last thing I'll add is that I really, I don't love, I don't love numbers. I don't love thinking about percentages and things like that. It's just, again, I'm very qualitative as opposed to quantitative. But I do believe in more is better here and like the law of large numbers, because I'll give you an example of when I used the same strategy and it didn't work. When I was writing my book, I was looking for a literary agent. And I said that I'm going to reach out to one literary agent every other day in the next month, right? So I only sent out 15 pitches and one person answered, maybe two. But had I sent out 100 pitches, push myself to a different level, then that one to two people becomes nine, 10 people. And maybe I get a deal, but I didn't get a deal with a literary agent. So that's one example when things didn't work out and that's me being reflective and evaluating what I could have changed in that scenario. Yeah, so again, so it's, it's really, it's it is, mm -hmm. it is a numbers game at the end, you know, like yeah. it's kind of, it, it's always a funnel. It's always a funnel and you need to be able to reach out to these hundred people yeah. and be okay. If you know, like half of them or like maybe even like 90% don't reply, but right. that's, how, that's what's going to get you like the, the 10 or, or two conversations, you know? Yeah. Oh, and, and sorry, one more thing that I'm thinking of that it actually worked out the opposite way. Um, so I think what, what all this is, is it's about, I do believe in luck. But I believe in creating your own luck. And by doing all these strategies, you're giving yourself the, op the best opportunity to be lucky, right? So the example that's the flip side of the literary agents is that I wanted to give a TEDx talk recently. And my strategy about three weeks ago was to reach out to two TEDx events per day, just two. And what ended up happening was that on the fourth day, I reached out to somebody. And the woman who was organizing the event said, we just had a speaker drop out. Would you be willing to send me a pitch right now and fill in? And I did, and I got it. So again, you know, 
maybe I didn't need to reach out to 10 people a day for that to happen. But at the same time, had I not been strategic about it, I don't know what would have happened, right? So I think it's really about creating your own opportunities by focusing on, you know, putting in the most work possible, really. That's my, been my key driver ever since I was a little kid playing soccer. It's how do I work, outwork everybody else? What can I do every single day that I know nobody else is doing? Mm. I know nobody else is reaching out to 100 people a day to sell their book right now, personally. So absolutely, that's, you know, super, that's my super thing. interesting mindset. Yeah. Um, so as we're about to wrap up our conversation, I just have two mm. more questions. Yeah, please. So first, what are you excited about most for 2020? Like what, uh, what plans yeah. do you have? Yeah, the journey to cloud nine is my book coming out and we want, it's not, it's off topic from coaching stuff, but basically what I'm trying to with the message of storytelling, what I'm trying to share in this world of personal growth and personal development is it's my adoration and I want it to be everybody's adoration for personal development through fictional storytelling. So what my book does is rather than tell you, here's all the research that I did for the last year and here are the stories that I'm going to tell you about the real life people who I interviewed and go ahead and see, you know, implement this advice into your life. What I did was I created an allegory. So if you think of a book like The Alchemist or The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, 5AM Club, there are a couple different ones out there right now. The Go-Giver is one of my favorite business examples. Um, I told a story about a man named Jerry who lived one life on cloud, cloud nine and lived one life not on cloud nine. And you'll see the differences based off of the story that I tell. So that's coming out really soon. And I've got free chapters for everybody listening. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited for it because it has been a year of working on it and I just can't wait for people to get their hands on it because it's the best thing I've ever worked on and I don't know if I'll ever do anything better. Um, so I just can't wait to share it. Awesome. So where can yeah. people, where can people get the free chapters and where can people find you online? Yeah. So it's journey to cloud9.com. And under the book tab, you'll find the free chapters on there. And then also on journeytocloud9.com, you've got everything about my coaching. You've got everything about me. You've got, you know, the videos. I interview people and I put up videos of our interviews. Um, and then also a good place to find me is LinkedIn. Obviously, we chatted a lot about LinkedIn. It is my main media spot and it's me on there all the time. I don't have any VAs or anything like that. So if you reach out to me on LinkedIn, I will respond and we'll probably even set up a phone call at some point. Awesome. All right. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience before we end the interview? Yeah. I just want to share my, my overall mindset with going about my coaching business, going about how I reach out to people, going about the fear of uncertainty and everything that we're doing as solopreneurs or entrepreneurs or coaches, whatever we want to call ourselves. Um, I always fear what if I don't do something more than I fear what if I go ahead and do it, right? So I never want to envision myself years down the road looking back at my life with regret. So that's why if you're ever wavering between two options and you got to think, okay, hmm, is this the logical choice? I don't know, but 
I would feel bad if I didn't do this choice and go this route. I would always go with that one that is more drawing you based off of your intuition, right? And that's what the journey to cloud nine is all about. It's, it's just making sure that you're choosing all of the moments and opportunities in your life that's creating the path most aligned with the person who you know you're supposed to become. So that's, that's it. That's, that's what I'll share. I love that. Go get them. Go out there and go get them. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Jordan. I really enjoyed this. Thanks, Liz. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. All right. And I hope to have you on again soon. I would love that. Yeah, anytime. I'm here. All right. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. You too, Liz. Thank you so much. And if you like this episode and want to stay up to date with new releases, I'd love if you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this. And if you're ready to take the next step and start your own coaching business, head to confidentcoachclub.com to take our free five-day email course that will teach you the key steps to launch your coaching career.